Welcome to the Tips and Tops podcast, my personal journal. And this week, on truly being African. There is one popular photograph of the Obao Benin, Obao von Ramwen Nogbaisi, after his capture by the British in 1897, during years of strife to maintain economic independence. On his way to exile in Calabar, he deliberately looks straight ahead into the camera as this picture is taken. He has a look of regret and is in between a frown and a stare. He envisions what will become of his kingdom from that point henceforth. Behind him are three colonial African guards standing barefoot and proud in their uniforms. This face he makes, I presume, must have been made by many countless chiefs, kings and peoples of African descent as they envisioned what will become of their life from that point henceforth, and on a greater scale their nation and generations to come. I likewise presume many more Africans make that face today as they encounter certain crossroads and are powerless to make decisions that count. And as I carefully profile that particular photograph and compare it to the present reality of Africa and Africans, and by Africans, I mean everyone of African descent all around the globe. I think to myself that there ideally should be just one type of African, an African interested in Africa. But ideas don't always match reality. So here, I profile four types of Africans as illustrated by the photograph in tandem with our present reality. The first is E, who sits and stares just as Obama Ramwen sat and is conscious of the chains and limitations that exist for him in his struggle to develop Africa, but because of his African identity. He might have a vision of what is possible for Africa, but as an individual, he's quite powerless to make much difference, irrespective of how he tries. Yet hope remains to make a headway, someday and somehow. On the other end of the spectrum, is he who stands proudly wearing his khaki, as the British colonial guard did, sold over to whoever brings the best bargain for whatever is African that they require, having no interest whatsoever in the future of Africa. Profiteers who seek power to amass as much wealth as possible, irrespective of what position they find themselves. Fortunately, they spread over the whole of Africa. The two other guards in between make such faces, and I imply the first to mean one who is unfazed with all that is happening all around him, and with sheer determination, he has been able to gain ground, not trading anything African in return, but searching out other means to escape the obvious, and believes all this is possible and is beyond him, yet he knows somehow they will someday be confronted with that roadblock and has planned to make use of a certain power play to bend the rules and save himself if it ever presents itself. You might want to take a look at the face of the guard. It looks like a guard that will probably run away if the chance presents itself. But it's just the face of a guard I'm profiling here. The second is one who is quite confused and continually weeps and wails about the present state of Africa and Africans. He's tossed about by every new wave of culture and philosophy that defines who an African is and what he as an African deserves from this world. And I tend to think of this as Africans everywhere, Africans in Africa, Africans in America, 
Africans in Europe, Africans in Asia, Africans everywhere. You know, most Africans are internally displaced and handicapped and fall into the last category. We are internally displaced at art and in the state of mind, irrespective of where we find ourselves within or outside Africa. And it's quite shocking to know that most people inhabiting the continent of Africa are not Africans, but just happen to have found themselves in Africa. I should state that that's one of the greatest achievements of Euro-Asiatic civilizations that have and will always be a disadvantage to Africa and Africans. We have continually adopted the reality that will forever be alien to us. To be truly African means to leave the African ideologies that better the great African civilizations of ancient memory and our only means to thrive as a people irrespective of where we might be. As Africans, we have so much strife and struggle within us because we continuously seek to replace systems and ideologies that are habitual to us and help us strive with systems that, have been made, that we've been made to believe help the world go round. And this has got us trapped in a loop. We have been unable to effectively cause our systems to evolve, yet with pride we praise their age and authenticity but leave them crude and unattractive and slowly they become extinct because the new age seems not to be interested in things that are this old and haven't improved. Whilst comparatively studying the remnants of true African history, I've come to note that we have been made to believe we are very diverse people. Hence, we look beyond our similarities and stand proud proclaiming our differences. When in truth, we have a common ancestor and origin. Yes, we are spiritual, religious, and emotional, but those very characteristics which we should use for, to our advantage have been used against us over hundreds of years to establish systems and civilizations that have held us captive. We have been made to pride in our rich cultures as if that alone is unique to Africa and capable of helping us as a people thrive. Truly being African means to have Africa at holding dearly to African ideologies while seeking to apply and infuse them into everything and anything. But freedom to do this comes alone through economic interdependence, which ranks just below economic independence. We should be in mind the stare and frown of the Oba and find a way to walk our way out. This is just a premise for further discussions that I love to take place on Twitter or via emails. Please tweet at me at A-L-I-K-W-E-O on Twitter or send a mail to tipsandtops at gmail.com. That's tips with a double P and tops with a double P at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.